Hello. Hello and welcome to the Betsy, Betsy Boss, Boss Podcast. Podcast. Welcome back. We are here today with somebody very special. Her name is Leanne Simmons and she's part of the Free Britney LA team, which is run by Kevin Wu. And you might recognize them if you've heard that name before from the documentary that just came out from the New York Times. It's called Framing Britney Spears. And if you haven't watched it yet, it is going to knock your socks off. It's absolutely a brand new, unique take on Britney Spears' life, her times, and her conservatorship. And we just couldn't be more excited to have Leanne here. She has been boots on the ground of this movement, and she knows a ton that we don't know, has seen it firsthand about Britney, about her conservatorship, and about all of the inner workings therein. And before we get started with Leanne, I just wanted to give her email. If anybody is curious throughout this episode, um, feel free to contact Leanne and the Free Britney team at info at Army. It's really a great source for all things Britney Spears, all things Free Britney, and their website is incredibly thorough, freebritney.army. And we're really excited to get into things here with Leanne um, as one of the dynamic trio that make up Free Britney LA. It's Leanne, Kevin, who I mentioned, and Megan. So let's get started. So Leanne, you were featured in the New York Times documentary, Framing Britney Spears. And we're so thrilled to have you here to give us a little bit more insight into the whole Free Britney movement. This documentary has just taken off. Everyone's talking about it. So we wanted to start off by asking if this is kind of what you anticipated going into it, if you thought it would be as big as it is today. I mean, I hoped. Obviously, you hope this is how it's going to go. But I don't think any of us expected it to be talked about in such a wide manner, you know, and celebrities out there tweeting about it. And I mean, even the director said she's never seen anything like this. You know, she's done other documentaries, but nobody, Brittany is just unparalleled. You know, she just brings a different level of attention to everything she does. Yeah, 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 she brings the people together. She really does. Yes. <laughs> it's really a cool thing. But um, do you happen to remember what your first introduction was to Britney Spears? Like, do you remember the first song you heard or an album? <laughs> yeah, we were talking or, about this we were like, before. Like... <laughs> well, it's what always sticks in my mind is when I first became a fan, of course, like every girl my age, you know, maybe one more time, she was just everything I wanted to be and more. Um, so I don't remember a specific moment of, of hearing that necessarily, but I used to bite my nails and my grandma was like always on me, like young ladies don't bite their nails. And I just couldn't <laughs> quit. Course. Right. I'm like nine years old. Yeah. And she says, if you stop biting them, I will buy you the CD of that oh. new girl that you like. And I said, Oh my <laughs> God. Yes. I quit Whoa. biting my nails, cold turkey. <laughs> Oh my God, that's hilarious. hilarious. Yeah, and then the rest is history. I mean, once you have that album, it's like, I still rock out to Baby one more time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Yeah. because it's just a piece of art. I mean, Mm -hmm. how did they come up with just those chords? Like when you hear that, you know, song start up, you know what's about to go down. And the costuming and like all that. It's just, it's like lived on, been bigger than when it first came out, I feel like. Yep. To kind of like everything Britney does, like they couldn't have imagined that that would blow up the way. I mean, you know, she's just a, a young girl making a little music video. Like who yeah. knew how iconic that whole thing was going to be? 
Yeah. Oh my God. That's right. So true. Well, and it's so true. Like the showmanship and just her being such a hard worker and so talented and like willing to just work so hard on the dance moves and the even being a little kind of like a gymnast at times and athletic, mm-hmm. even in those mall performances, yeah. which like I remember just like watching and being like, holy, sh-, like she well, is singing and doing all, all that moving and yeah, it's. It's crazy. It's incredible. And yeah, I mean, I just, I remember seeing her for the first time and thinking like, oh my God, like she, and I think I was six or seven when she got big, right? We were probably really um, little. I think it was, because it was like 98, 99. So yeah. we were yeah. probably, I was about nine too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think like the, that we were definitely a part of that target demographic, definitely. you know, like the young preteen girls. And of course, the teenage girls and adults, everyone loves her, you know, yeah. but we definitely, uh, there seems to be a common bond between a lot of us being in our, you know, late 20s, early 30s. So true. And we never like got over it, you know? I no, mean, it, but I mean, it's two thirds of more than two thirds of our life. I mean, for me, for my yes. life, it's, I don't remember a time without Brittany, <laughs> you know? So true. Yeah. Yeah. Because we were so, so young before then, even. Well, so I guess second thing to kind of do on the intro is a little bit more about how you guys came together and uh, Free Britney LA because I didn't realize that, and now it makes sense after rewatching the documentary too, that there's three of you guys kind of working in tandem on this account and the movement and everything like that. So if you could give us a little more info. Yeah, it kind of just was like fate, I guess. I don't know. It sounds so cheesy, but... um, so Kevin Wu actually does Free Britney LA and, and created this handle um, because he's based in LA and goes to all the rallies. So I had reached out to him uh, last year and was like, I think I'm going to come to a rally. Like I live in LA and he was super encouraging, like, absolutely, you need to come. And so I showed up in July of 2020. That was my first rally wow. with my Free Britney mask and yep. we're all there, you know, in a pandemic. And it's crazy. Um, Everybody was very welcoming, but Kevin and I, I think maybe because I had clicked with him prior you know, via Instagram, I felt a, a connection there. And yeah. once you go to a rally, you're like drawn in, you know, you can't. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I bet. It just fired me up. I was like, I will be at every rally. I can't believe I, I hadn't been at previous ones um, because I do live in LA. So I'm lucky enough yeah. to be able yeah. to go. And I met Meg shortly thereafter, who is kind of the third member of yeah. our little team, if that's what you want to call us. Um, and we just all are very similar. We, I think all of us in this movement share obviously a common goal and a love for Brittany, but we're mm-hmm. similar in kind of the way that we do things and like wanting to like a little overachievers, I guess you could say. We're like, how yeah, can, a good what, thing. let's do more. Like, what can we do beyond just rallies That's awesome, though. and kind of came up with the idea of freebritney.army, which is our website. And mm-hmm. We're, you know, we just want to have a spot where everyone can get the information. Um, Social media has been a great tool, but it's nice to have it live somewhere else as well. Uh, So we try to keep people updated on there and we've got to take action page to let people know how they can help, you know, because you don't have to live in LA to be a part of this movement, as right. we know. You know, it's international at this point. Yeah, yeah it We're sure translating is. this stuff to all these languages. It's amazing. That's crazy. Yeah, that she is really is worldwide and people just adore her. I mean, yeah. you know, from, like you said, the very beginning, like we fell for that hook, line and sinker. Like she is just a force of nature. She's incredible. 
And I mean, everybody, I think, wants what's best for her. I mean, everybody in your movement wants what's best for her. Um, It's hard to say. Obviously, there's a lot of conflicting interests Mm -hmm. here and a lot of different parties who are you know, have their own concerns and their own kind of different agendas, I guess agendas. Say, Yeah, or, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. But, uh, gosh, you just, you hope for the best for her and you hope that justice is being done for her. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And that's, you know, as we started out to just free Britney, get her out of this arrangement, this conservatorship, you know, but the further we go into this, it's like, oh, wait, this is a bigger problem as far as conservatorship abuse yeah. goes. Mm-hmm. This is like a systemic problem within the courts it generally happens to elderly people or, or those who are disabled or things of that nature. So Brittany was sort of an odd kind of, I don't want to say target, but yeah. I almost do feel as if she was targeted yeah, right. by this, this system, you know? So um, I think that's the difference is she was young. She was 26 at the time when it started and wow. she's still oh. very young. <laughs> she's 39. Yeah. I mean, she's a, a young woman. It's yeah. very unlikely or uncommon for someone of that caliber and that, um, you know, her career, like we've seen her work like for 13 years nonstop. So it's, you know, that's kind of the first red flag. I mean, and her line of work isn't like our little desk jobs, you know? I mean, she's out there entertaining the masses. She's doing worldwide tours. She's got her residency or she had a residency in Vegas. I mean, this is somebody who's obviously got a ton of fortitude, strength, you know, ability to be able to hold down this job and to make these millions of dollars. I mean, this is not some helpless old lady or somebody who's been disabled or, you know, otherwise um, can't make decisions for themselves. And that's what's so unique about this situation is it's it's so uncommon for a conservative to work at all, let alone I bet, a, yeah. a, on that level. So yeah. it's, it gets kind of strange. But then, you know, when a lawyer involved in the conservatorship at one point, Andrew Wallet in 2018, at the end of the year, refers to it as a hybrid business model. Yes. You know, this is yeah. not a business model. No. A no. hybrid or otherwise. This is no. this is a person's life. Right. And if she can work and make money, uh, be a be a business, a brand like she is, mm-hmm. she shouldn't be under a conservatorship. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's really conflicting messages there, and. Um, And we'll obviously get into the whole Andrew Wallet controversy in a little bit and, you know, what all that means in terms of the conservatorship and um, its validity and all of that. Um, But I also wanted to ask, just because I know that you're a big kind of social justice warrior in general, um, and I wanted to know kind of how you started thinking of yourself that way. Like, did you always have a knack or an urge to help the weaker or the more downtrodden people or give a voice to the voiceless? And how did that become focused on Brittany? Sure. Yeah. I, I, I didn't always see myself that way. It started with, I've always been a huge animal lover. As a kid, I was just obsessed, specifically dogs, but I yeah, love animals. Too. Oh my God. <laughs> I, you know, it started with just volunteering at shelters and like, you know, at fostering uh, or um, adoption events and things of that nature. And I just love standing up for animals because they don't have a voice. And yeah. I'm really passionate about that. And it's kind of it's overflowed into other, you know, different, um, you know, cancer organizations mm-hmm. and other social justice, you know, human rights, civil rights, women's mm-hmm. rights. Uh, I I never really associated that all of these things were connected. Yeah. yeah. Until probably about last year, early 2020. You know, 
our country was yes. Yes. <laughs> and thank god we're you know. slowly digging out of that uh, hole now yes there there was a lot going on and and as i'm out there you know fighting for other causes i care about um you know writing letters to politicians and and calling countless numbers of of these people and begging them to change laws and out there marching it's like okay if i can do this for one cause why can't i do it for another cause that, right. that matters right and i think as a Britney fan for a lot of years, I, my friends have poked fun at me and it's always like, oh, haha, you're so, you know, it's all about Britney Spears. So it felt like silly to be like, I'm going to stand up for this woman. Right. You know, I was almost not, I don't want to say embarrassed, but a little, it, it didn't feel like a valid uh, cause to fight for in my own mind at that moment, just because there's so much going on. And then I realized yeah. you can fight for more than one cause at, at a right. time, you yeah. know, yeah, so that's what's great about it. It really is. And, and a, a lot of these issues, all of them, I, I go so far as to say all of them um, are systemically based. Uh, yeah. There is a lot of overlap with oppression and women's rights and just human rights. So I think it makes sense that that's how my life kind of evolved. It started kind of small as a kid. And as I'm getting older, and I just firmly believe that as specifically as women, when I empower another woman and she can empower me, like, you know, it's, it's strength in numbers and it feels good to stand up for what you believe in. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, it's so cool for us because obviously we have this feminist podcast. We're so into female empowerment, female Mm -hmm. kind of girl power and all of that good stuff. That's awesome. I love what the work that you guys have done for so many different causes and stories. And I'm just grateful that you're, you know, using your platform to, to fight for Britney, you know, every little step, anything that anybody can do, it's, that's how we got to where we are. You know, it started with, with social media and then it's evolving into, you know, the podcast world and the news and the New York times documentary. Huge. And who would have thought, it's you know, just... at, the, at, the, at the beginning of this. Right. And would the New York times have done that documentary if it wasn't for the fans? Right. 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 You know, if we didn't create this buzz that's around so this true. movement as a group, I don't know that there would be any interest to even look into yeah, it. Yeah. So it's, we're powerful. I think uh, this free Britney movement is, uh, and we're just picking up steam. Too. Absolutely. Yeah. We're just getting it's started. Like <laughs> on the up, the uptick, like you yes. can just tell. Yeah. yeah. And there really is that strength in numbers too. I mean, you know, if one person thinks something is a cause worth fighting for, it's so different than getting a ton of people on board and spreading that message and, you know, marching through the streets and having these rallies mm-hmm. and events and spreading the word and all that. So it's great that you guys are just gathering more and more steam and um, that you're able to put the word out through all these documentaries, through podcasts, through all this different type of media. I have to say, too, I think on the topic of, you know, women empowering women, and I was really pleasantly surprised by the way that this documentary touched on that, too, because I feel like that mm-hmm. is not something that many of these documentaries, like, there were so many times talking about how the media just was talking about her body and her sexuality and all of this type of stuff. And it's like, that's a really important layer to this whole story and kind of why it evolved into what it is now. And I thought they did a a good job of covering that too, which was great. I agree. The, the director, Samantha Stark was just the moment I met her, I felt comfortable and I, I did feel like she was, her heart was in it and for the right reason. And the day that I arrived on the outdoor set where we had like the rose wall behind us, I walked onto that set and 
I looked and it's just all women. Wow. There wasn't a single oh man God. there. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> Which is very, very rare in Hollywood. I'm like, sure. You know, yeah. You know? So I said something right then and there. I said, oh yeah, like look at us women, powerful women, you know, whatever. I, something cheesy. Um, but I didn't even realize. I mean, that was last summer. It just to have that feeling then and to see it come through yeah. in the documentary was, you know, because even though I knew I had good vibes yeah. and I appreciated the questions, I knew they were taking care I was on pins and needles for a month. Oh, as soon as imagine. we had an air date for this documentary, yeah. it's like, are they going to make us look like crazy yeah. fans? Like they usually, you know, a lot of the media does. And are they going to twist our words? You know, knowing that there were lawyers involved, mm-hmm. um, some of which, you know, one of which at least is on the other side Jamie's now. Yeah. Side. So it's, it was a little scary. So it was very relieving to watch it and be like, wait, okay. I, yeah. think, it, I think it was good, right? Yeah. And then, you know, as you go on Twitter and, and the local news and you see like, oh yeah, if the local news anchor's talking about yeah. it, it must have hit. Yeah, you know? yeah, it did something different and it did it well. So yeah. yeah, yeah, that was actually, not to I guess jump ahead in our questions, but that was one of our questions was kind of, how did you decide, you know, after meeting with the director or whomever you kind of got in touch with first that this was like, something you wanted to do. Yeah, because I would feel the same way. Yeah, like, like you, so you nervous. just don't know. Yeah. I mean, we've seen it time and time again throughout Britney's career where yeah. she was painted a certain way despite what she meant or, you know, her words were twisted. And that's the same thing as, has happened to her fans as well. I think it was just dumb luck, I, honestly. Because <laughs> so I had, good. I it's just kind of fell of into luck. it. <laughs> right? <laughs> I was at a rally. I think it was like my second or third rally. And I had made these little rose pins, mm-hmm. uh, just little foam roses that we were all wearing, uh, just as a little, you know, in solidarity with yeah, her. This was prior to the project rose thing. This was just because we all know she loves roses. Mm-hmm. So I made them and somehow I was standing next to this woman who turned out to be the director. And wow. She said something, oh, you made the roses. Like, well, we're doing this. Uh, we have this beautiful set where we're filming interviews for our documentary and it's there's a rose wall. Like, you know, and she shows me a photo and stuff. And we kept chatting a little further and it turned out that she had seen a document I made, a timeline of events oh, throughout wow. the conservatorship. And she's like, oh, you you made that timeline. Can we interview you? Like, I'd love to pick your brain and go through this timeline. And the rest is history. You know, oh, once we met gosh. that first day and and I chatted with them for like three hours. Oh, my God. They were so respectful. And, and the, the questions they asked just felt different. It mm-hmm. wasn't like, well, what about her Instagram? Yeah, like they were trying to like, trap you or anything. Exactly. Yeah. I never felt like I was being coerced into saying something I didn't firmly right. believe. So it was a good feeling. And then we kept in touch. I mean, she was at all of the rallies. She would come into the really? courtroom sometimes with me in to sit in the hearings. Wow. Um, wow. She would, we'd have like little zoom chats to catch up afterward. Um, I sent her some video diaries. Oh like we, she was very much um, took a lot of care mm-hmm. with this project, which yeah. I, I am so grateful for. And yeah. I t- I've told her many times, but um, Samantha Stark is a gem. <laughs> yeah, that's so good to know. And Seriously. it's so cool that she too is female. She too is kind of pro Britney and pro the movement yeah, and casting everything in the correct light. The movie, the documentary too. Like if she's she's still in it. Like that's yeah, the thing that I think is so really true. incredible. It didn't just that's end really for surprising her. to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's, that's it, so good. It to tugs hear. at the heartstrings once you know this story, you know, and it, the documentary only scratched the surface as, as well done as it was. This is such a deep thing. <laughs> I, I don't even know how to put a word on it. It's, it's like a tangled web of red flags, um, 
conflicts of interest, uh, money, potentially missing money, (laughs) allegedly. (laughs) So it's, you know, once you, you know, a little bit, you're like, wait, what, you know, you start falling down that rabbit hole and you could, I have, I think the document that I made that I referenced this timeline I made is about 72 pages now. Wow. Um, (laughs) And it covers like from before the, right when she had her second son in 2006, mm-hmm. all the way till now, present day, I try wow. to keep it updated as things happen. Yeah. Um, so that's that incredible. We have, it, it's, it's the only way to try to comprehend how this happened. Yeah. Because yeah. even if you watched it all along, you know, I've been a fan since I was nine years old. I watched the conservatorship get put into place. Didn't really know what a conservatorship was necessarily. Sure. But right. it was did, weird. Right? Right. It was a little weird, right? Yeah. Like she's 26. Like what right. is there's no other option like this. Is, and plus her dad, like, but she's not close with her dad. Yeah, he wasn't really in the picture. Hasn't been around. Kind of. yeah. But it just, it happened. So the, the narrative that we were fed by the media just was like, oh, she's safe now. Like, she's good. We're going to take care of her. Like, everyone leave us alone. It's private. And that worked for a while. And so looking back on all these, you know, my timeline mostly consisted, especially in the early days, just of articles, like news articles, TMZ, like stuff like that, that was just what we were being told. There wasn't anything, you know, now we're getting more and more court documents. They're not being sealed, which is great. And we could go on and purchase them, um, you know, and read through them ourselves. But when you look at it in hindsight, it's like, how the hell did this happen? Seriously. How did we let this happen? For so long too. mm -hmm. Like, how has it continued for so long? Right. It's unreal. And that's why, you know, as frustrating as it is that it's, the court system still, it moves very slowly. The last yes. hearing I was, I was very frustrated because nothing happened. And in the last couple, it's just like the same old arguments and no decisions. So that's frustrating. But when I consider how far we've come and that now we've got inside information, not inside information because it's public info, right. court documents, but being allowed to sit in the courtroom, that's something yeah. different. For, for 12 yeah. and a half years, we couldn't sit in there. You know, they'd kick everyone out. So can't to even be able imagine. to hear these lawyers now we're like okay the lawyers aren't fighting hard enough I mean some of the lawyers are I don't personally feel that Brittany's court-appointed attorney is fighting for her right at least not to the extent that he should be mm-hmm. well and opinion. then there's that whole scenario where you know the attorney that she hired was removed because you know it was stated that because of some medical report that I guess we aren't privy to, she doesn't have the competence to hire and retain her own attorney. And then you have, like you said, this court-appointed attorney. And we know that most of the time, the person who the court appoints for you isn't going to do as good of a job as the person who you hire yeah, yourself. It's a sad truth of the court system. It that, really you know, is. Know, but... And, you know, that's a whole other chink in the chain, if you will. And a whole other issue. Exactly. There are so many like routes you could take as you dissect this thing. Cause you can go that whole, the idea of the cronyism within the LA court system, you know, this guy was handpicked. Yeah. Uh, was buddies with the judge, you know, was suggested, I, I guess, by Jamie's side, you know, it's like, how can one side pick a lawyer right. for, for the, the other, other side? side? Right. And of course that lawyer say she's not competent to hire her own company. Right. Of course. He we, wants we, the paycheck. We'd be shocked exactly. if he said differently. Like, yeah, my he God. wouldn't be exactly. doing a good job if he said differently, you know? Exactly. So it's it, it's unsettling yeah. to know. Um, I am appreciative for the couple of things he's done in the last year for her as far as filing documents, but I don't know that 
reports that he's submitting are going to change anything. Mm -hmm. Like, where's the petition to remove Jamie Spears? Where's the petition to terminate the entire conservatorship? Right. Exactly. So, I mean, put your money where your mouth is. He keeps, you know, saying in court, like, oh, you know, we're going to make this petition to remove Jamie. Then do it. Yeah. Right. Like, where? Why are you waiting? Like, I'm sure that just the information I have, I know that I have enough to file a petition if I were an interested party, which I'm not. Sure. But can you only imagine how much information he has on the inside yeah but but you know there's another problem because he was complicit in this all along right he you know day one he said oh no she's yeah she's not competent I'll I'll take her you know so how can he I think he's trying to figure out a way to get out of this probably (laughs) taken down with the rest of them exactly so we We actually covered, this is why we've been interested in this especially, is because we've been following this for a little bit now, and um, we actually had an episode, episode 20, where we covered our kind of take on it, the research that we had done, obviously not nearly as (laughs) in-depth, but we were thinking if you wouldn't mind, in case somebody hadn't listened to that and are tuning into this for the first time, just giving a high-level overview of kind of your understanding of a conservatorship and how it relates to Brittany and her situation. Sure. Yeah, it's, well, let's go back. Yeah, (laughs) I know. know. (laughs) We'll start, I'll I'll try to do this in kind of layman's terms, but in 2007, she, you know, we all saw Brittany in the media every single day being stalked by dozens of paparazzi. And I think that's an important thing to remember, which the New York Times documentary did a great job of reminding us. I agree, such a good job. So you, you can't, you know, you can't consider this whole conservatorship without considering the public perception of Brittany in 2007. And prior, I mean, her whole career, she was vilified for no real reason because she's perfect and sweet and kind. And um, she's not perfect. No one's perfect. But you know what but I she's mean? An easy she's an very unproblematic. Of, yeah. you know, she's so kind. Exactly. Yeah. Those types of people do become targets of yeah. these vultures. So yeah. I think it's important to, to say that she was going through a tough time um, just with the amount of attention on her and just trying to be a young mom, yeah. Yeah. which is all she ever wanted was to have kids. She talked about it all the time. So she's finally got her two little babies. Unfortunately, the, the marriage kind of fizzles, you know, they get a divorce. Her very, very close aunt, Aunt Sandra passes away. I mean, she's going through all That's of this a, stuff as a, a 24, five-year-old woman at this time, Which you know, young, crazy. young, so younger yeah. than us. Very, and, and I and, wouldn't handle right. that. Even two little kids so close together as a young mom, oh, like that alone. Less than a is, year. Right. Yeah, that like, alone. Less than like, a year. That That's, alone is like, I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, that would push me and over I the edge. And I think that's what also fires me up is I'm younger. I'm about eight years younger than Brittany. So watching this all happen, it was like, oh, well, I don't, maybe I just don't understand because I'm not an adult. Right. Now I'm an adult who's older than she was when she was conserved or right. any of the things she's ever did in her career. So it's like, no, wait, when I was 25, I didn't have two babies. Right. I wasn't getting divorced. And I still did some questionable things and sure. may or may not have been susceptible to undue influence, which is a big argument they use about why Brittany is in this. So all that to say, she was going through a tough time personally. Um, and we don't know exactly the inner workings of how this all came to be, but there's suspicion that um, there was a particular person, Brittany's business manager, Lou Taylor, um, allegedly was kind of working her way into the family. Um, she was at one point representing Jamie Lynn Spears, Brittany's little sister, um, as I guess a business manager and became close with Jamie Spears, Brittany's dad. And uh, the two of them and a group of lawyers 
per Lynn Spears's book. I mean, this is Lynn Spears telling us what happened. That these people all got together and were like planning this conservatorship for Britney. So that's a little um, scary as well. Because you've got some time to premeditate this and and to decide the strategic moment that you're going to do it. And And the parties involved in planning that too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's concerning. It was, it was a little weird um, at that point. And then of course we know she had two quick little hospital stays in January of 2008, which again, planned in advance, I I think um, blown out of proportion. Absolutely. I mean, there were helicopters circling her house. Yes. What the heck were they doing? I mean, this is like a, a small woman who wasn't resisting them, who, you know, was having whatever was going on. Why were there paparazzi sticking cameras in an ambulance in the back window of an ambulance? You know, it's, so that whole thing was just a media circus. And if you look at it now, it's like, okay, so she didn't want to give her kid back to the ex-husband. How often does that happen? Oh my God. Seriously. Yeah. And the SWAT team isn't brought in like. (laughs) Exactly. But then again, that was another chance for them to vilify her. She locked herself in a bathroom with the baby, you know, it's like, no, that's totally out of context. Plus, we don't even know. That's what we've been told. Like, right. I haven't so even heard Brittany tell us what happened that night. And, it's very and I true. wouldn't believe her if she told us right now, because I don't believe anything she says while she's under this conservatorship. Yeah, of course. We we know that it's likely that she's been coerced into doing and saying certain oh, things sure. for the benefit yeah. of her team. Mm-hmm. So until she's a free woman, I we have to consider that she's not um, speaking authentically. Basically. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, that's a great point. But after those two, you know, incidents and the whole world knew Britney's in and out of the psych ward and it was just another way to paint her in a negative light. Um, so when the conservatorship was implemented in February of 2008, it was very much like a positive thing for Britney. That's the way they they presented it. Well, right. you know, remember when she locked herself in the bathroom with the right, baby? Right. So like now she won't do that because we're going to come in and save her, which exactly. right, again, how does that make sense? <laughs> It's just such an extreme measure, you know, there are so many steps between freedom and conservatorship probate. I mean, that's, she's in the strictest type of conservatorship Yeah. with zero freedom. And they, have they ever loosened the reins in 13 years? Like she has never been given a chance to prove she doesn't need it. Right. right. You know what right. I mean? Even if yeah. she did at one point, which I believe it was fraudulent from day one, yeah, she never that's... qualified. Yeah, but maybe even she if could have had a lesser was... conservatorship. Sure, exactly. sure. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, wow, from the yeah. jump, she really never never had the reins loosened on her, like you said. Exactly. Wow. And another, you know, red flag, I, I always say one or two coincidences. Okay, that's maybe just a, a one-off. But you start seeing all of these things. It's like, wait a minute. This is, there Add are too up. many coincidences now, you know? Yeah. So to see her a month after she's placed in this conservatorship because she's so gravely ill, now she's out working. She's on set at How I Met Your Mother. She's filming an album or recording an album, going on tour. And during all of this, the conservatorship was quietly made permanent because it was implemented it, it, under this guise of being temporary. Oh, you know? I didn't realize that. Okay, yes. wow. Originally, it was temporary, or that's mm-hmm. what you know they told us. And yeah. At the end of 2008, the judge made it permanent. Wow. So, and that quickly, too, in the same so year. So while that's she was... What... Wow. She was going into the circus tour, which I loved the circus era. Brittany kicked yeah. ass. I think oh, she yeah. wanted oh, to yeah. prove like, you know, it's been speculated that she was told if you go out there and do this tour and you do well, prove yourself, this whole thing will go away. Right. We'll, yeah. We'll let you out of this conservatorship. And that's right. not what happened. And you can totally see how that would have been something that they 
would tell her because mm-hmm. she was, you know, they wanted her to be a good little performer yeah. and, and a good little why she would believe it too. Yeah, why she would totally, yeah. you know, and, be susceptible. And again, goes back to the babies that she loves and adores, her sons being used as sort of uh, pawns and leverage. All of That's yeah. The worst. You know, if yeah. you want to see your kids, you're going to do what we say. And can yeah. you imagine? I'm not a mother. I, I can't even imagine I, yeah. what that would feel like to have somebody threatening my time with my children. That's awful. Mm-hmm. That, that, yeah, that's a different level of mm-hmm. of taking control and advantage. Wow. My gosh. Well, it's nuts. I guess too. Um, what was important was, and that was touched on in the film, was um, the how difficult it is to get out of a conservatorship once one is instated. And um, we were wondering if you wanted to touch on that at all. I mean, I know usually when you have a conservatorship situation it's somebody who would never need to have one removed it's an older person with dementia or alzheimer's or somebody who's so gravely um disabled that like they're not going to come back from that right. they're only going it's to not probably a temporary get worse. state right right so it would be very challenging for that person to then rise to the occasion to you know prove that it's unnecessary but do you think, I mean, what would it take for Brittany yeah. to get out of this conservatorship and yeah. why hasn't she gotten that opportunity? It's, I think it's, you know, in the documentary, seeing Vivian Thorine explain how, you know, people don't get out of these. Right. And like you said, you made a great point. Generally, if they're implemented to help the conservatee and it's somebody who likely will need assistance for the rest of their life, however long that may be, they're in that state where it's degenerative, they're going to get worse, not better, you know, right. So for Brittany, first of all, and the reason I believe this was a fraud from day one, I mean, I think it should be null and void based on the fact that this conservatorship was granted under false pretenses, right? Sure. Brittany Spears never qualified for probate conservatorship. If and this is a big if because we don't know uh, her mental state, if she had any sort of mental illness at that time, that is not a reason to strip someone of every single right that they have as a human. And there is a specific type of conservatorship, LPS conservatorships here in LA, that you could be placed under if you needed assistance because of a mental health crisis. And the difference with those is once a year, it expires. Ah. And the burden of proof is on the court to prove that the person needs it again. Okay. Not that Whereas the person the has court, to prove it, that exactly. they don't need it. Exactly. Wow. So probate court, that is crazy. The yeah, conservatee that, that has be... to prove that wow. they have the competence to get out. But so, wow. yeah, it, it's under this kind of presentation of, well, it's very difficult to get a conservatorship. So if you get it, you know, you're never going to get out. Like, why is it so easy for Brittany to have been placed under it? Right. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be so difficult. And it sounds like a years long fight to get her out of it at this point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it happened in a couple of short days back in 2008. Yeah. It was like, that's the thing that's crazy. A couple like, weeks, some some paperwork filed, and then now here we are, thirteen years later. Yeah, you know, six eight months now of court proceedings where nothing has happened. It's like, well, yeah. how could you do it so quickly back then? So, right, I understand why it it is difficult to get out of a conservatorship. That being said, if anyone's going to break a norm, it's Britney Spears. Right, you know, she she doesn't qualify, and she's going to be the the first person that we see get out of this sort of arrangement. And that's going to set a precedent of there's got to be more rigor. There has to be more involved with setting it up. I think uh, more checks and balances, you know, we, there's, I'm sure there are court reporters and investigators and things that are involved with this case. uh, But I question 
again, the level of cronyism there. Um, people yeah. that just kind of look in the other way, rubber stamp it every year. Um, that's not okay. That's This is something that needs to be reevaluated on a regular basis. Absolutely. Uh, with multiple, not just a doctor that Jamie Spears' attorneys picked. Right. Maybe right. a doctor that, you know, Brittany picks because yeah, he exactly. is still a human and right. should be able to be a part of that decision. Despite Definitely. being conservative, she should be a part of her own medical decisions and she should Absolutely. be, you know, they should be asking her what she wants. And I don't think that that has happened since this thing was implemented. It doesn't sound like it. No, no, it really doesn't. Definitely. And I guess um, at the close of the uh, documentary, it sounded like the whole idea of Jamie getting removed totally as a conservator was denied. But have there been, and I guess you'd be the one to ask, have there been other victories since then for the team, for Brittany, mm-hmm. um, in terms of like the actual binding legal agreement, like what positive things have happened, even though we know Jamie's still involved, Jamie's mm-hmm. still a co-conservator, um, what has happened positively for team Brittany? I think a lot of the, what I would consider victories have not been in the courtroom, to be honest, <laughs> swaying the public perception of Brittany in yeah. a positive light that's a that's the biggest victory i think yeah. that's a great example yeah she need i've always felt frustrated as a fan why are people always dogging she's always been like the butt of the joke and she was the one that everyone could pick on and i would in turn get picked on as a kid for liking her because it was cool to hate britney so if i liked her you know oh make fun of you know right. that whole thing i'm glad that we've moved on and realized that britney spears is a human being right we never treated her like that and i say we as society obviously not the fans but right um so that's the probably the biggest victory so far because within the court within the hearings and in the actual conservatorship there has been very little change um i guess i i don't want to use the word victory but i guess a somewhat positive step was when jamie spears stepped down as conservator of the person so he had been overseeing britney's person you know for the whole entirety of the conservatorship and he stepped down in fall of 2019, blaming health concerns. But we all know that at the same time, he also was served with a restraining order on behalf of his grandsons after he allegedly you know, assaulted one of Britney's kids. So he still, for an, it's been a year and a couple, two more years, I think a three-year restraining order. I mean, that's, you don't just get those. Yeah. You know, you have yeah. to do something. To, yeah, to definitely. So exactly. he stepped down as conservator for a person. But what I think is interesting is the fact that he did cite health reasons. You know, I'm, I'm ill. I can't do this. So you're so sick that you can't oversee her person, but you can still oversee her money. Uh-huh. Because he did not step down as conservator of the estate. And this isn't just anyone's estate. I mean, yeah. Brittany's estate is a staggering amount of money. I mean, he is essentially the CEO of a very large business mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. the conservator of her estate. And he's a, he's a several times failed businessman. Right. You know, he yeah. started in a lot of business ventures throughout his life and was never very successful. So I don't know that he's the one who should be handling such a, a lucrative uh, That's a great business. point too. Good point. Yeah. It's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have to ask too, with this whole movement, it seems like you know, like you're saying, it was such a big victory to kind of change the public perception out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like, especially now, the reaction has been really positive. Um, everybody seems, you know, pro-free Britney. Um, 
And has there been anybody that you've gotten negative backlash from, aside from obviously, you know, Jamie's side <laughs> yeah, in, his camp, in general, yeah. but I guess more personally yourself, have you encountered any, any people that come it, you know, with a backlash? It's, it's that perception's changing a little too. I think for, mm-hmm. for us, we're not seen as much as these delusional fans who are just overzealous and, and right. this and that. So that's nice. I mean, we still get, we'll be at rallies outside and people drive down the street, like get a job, you know, there's more yeah, important yeah. thing, you know, but those are the people who are going to have a problem no matter what you do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, there have been a handful of um, articles written and this was mostly last year and, and before we knew as much as we know now, you know, we've got fact-based, we've got court documents, we know so much. Um, but when we were likened to conspiracy theory, Um, And not just by Jamie Spears, but by journalists who would, you know, to be interviewed by someone and then see them put out this piece, not use anything you said and and enlighten us to QAnon. It's like, okay, well, that hurts. Yeah. 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 But I do think it's changing. I definitely do. I like that, you know, people are coming to me and asking yeah. Oh my God. I didn't realize this, that, the other thing. I'm like, I have been telling you for 12 years. Oh my God. Thank you for finally, you know, thank yeah. you to the New York Times for like getting you to finally listen to me. Right, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. so yeah, I definitely any hate that we get as a movement, it's just like think I think about all the hate Brittany got her entire life, and how resilient she is, and how positive, and even under the circumstances she's in, she's in right now. Yeah, yeah, just seems to be making the best. She's just a happy person, and she doesn't hold grudges and that's how I just ignore the haters because I try to live like, what would Brittany do? Brittany would ignore them. She would go dance in the garden and smell some flowers and get over it. And that's, you know, that's just how I try to live. It's not worth it. They're not worth the time and energy. No, exactly. Their anger and their, their issue with it. That's their problem. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to focus on the support. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no need for the vitriol and, you know, yeah. those people, like you said, are going to have a problem with anybody who, you know, voices anything, any opinion exactly. in either direction. So yeah. it's you're doing the right thing, staying positive and focusing on the positive developments that have happened. Mm-hmm. It's been a lot. But um, on kind of, I guess, the other hand, um, since you've been sort of in the front row with the court proceedings and just the arguments from Jamie Spears's side, has there been anything that's given you or just the movement in general kind of pause or has forced you to reevaluate your stance at all on any aspect of the conservatorship? Like, has there been any time that you all have um, anything where you've thought like, oh, maybe she does need this conservatorship, but just to a lesser degree, or maybe she just needs a different conservator or something right. like that. Um, yeah. Any, anything like that? Um, I, I, I can speak for myself personally. I don't want to speak for the entire movement because I think we all have different feelings there. Um, But I will say personally, we have evidence (laughs) that this was fraudulent from day one. You know, Brittany was not given the notice of this hearing that was going to happen as she's required by law to receive this notice. The judge waived the requirement. Um, The paperwork that was filled out, you know, mentioned a dementia related illness, Um, whether or not that was a mistake um, I think that that was intentional because, you know, to qualify for probate conservatorship, she had to have something. There had as, to be something as severe as dementia, you know. So there's a lot. The fact that she couldn't hire her own attorney, all of these things just show that from the setup, this was a setup. You know, Brittany was being set up. So I, I think that there were times where 
I questioned myself if only because of the, the media kind of spinning it like, oh, these fans, they're just too, they don't even know, you know, they need to leave this private, it's medical. And it gets weird because I do, I know that Brittany wants privacy and I respect that. And I don't want to make this circus out of it. So I, if anything, I have questioned, like, would Brittany be okay with it? You know, like, does she want us to leave it alone? But inside, inside, I always knew, like, <laughs> if I was in her shoes, I would want people to fight tooth and nail to get me out of it. So you just, for a while, we were just functioning on like a gut feeling. Like, and I think the camaraderie of, of the rest of the fan group, like when I have a moment where I'm like, this is too much, like, maybe I don't know, maybe I should just leave this up to the professionals, you know? Right. But when you talk to everyone else and you're all like, no, this isn't, this isn't right. So it's like the, the more we've snowballed and the movement has grown, you see comfort in each other. And up until about 2020, I mean, last summer, really, we were just kind of going off that gut feeling of something's not right here. Brittany wouldn't want this. And then to start to see comments like in court documents where she welcomes the informed support yes. of her fans. Like that is, as soon as that came out, it's, I know now, oh, we've got it in a court document yeah. that Brittany wants us to help to support, you know, and, and it's not just support, it's informed, you know, we do our research. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, totally. so exactly. Yeah. And that's There's a, a lot different yeah. than a bunch of like wing nuts, right. like I giving get... their support, exactly. <laughs> you know, whereas well-informed, you know, smart, intelligent, you know, good hearted fans who want her, you know, want the best for her exactly. is very, and very it's different. It's too often like in the beginning, it was very much, oh, I think that people saw us as the kids who were Britney fans in the 90s and 2000s. You know, it's, they forgot, well, Britney grew up and we also grew up. Right. You know, we're adults now. Right. Yeah. Like we've got lawyers in this movement. We've got people who work in conservatorship cases and our social workers and all these people, therapists who are like, you know, we're not directly connected to this this exact conservatorship, but it does look highly suspicious. Yeah. So From what, what they've think, seen, they know. It, right doesn't smell it just right. It doesn't smell right. And where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. And I think um, that Jamie's side and, and the all of Team Con, as I like to call them, the conservatorship people, um, they underestimate. Maybe they still do, but they definitely in the past underestimated this fan base and sure. likened us to just a bunch of overzealous kids. And mm-hmm. we're not. I mean, we, we fight hard because we care. And um, we've done our research too. And We've got our own lawyers. Like we, you don't scare us anymore. You know, as kids, I think we were intimidated when the movement first kind of tried to get off its feet in 2009. I mean, as early as 2009, Jamie Spears came in, his attorneys, you know, served this website that was spreading free Britney movement with a letter. I mean, they had to to shut them down. It's a a scare tactic. And that's that's, terrifying. And at the time we were younger as a fan base. And I think it worked at least for me i thought well if that guy's getting sued or threatened yeah. or whatever yeah what's I'm not to gonna stop stick them? my neck out mm-hmm. exactly but then last year that's when i was like you know what if i stick to facts hopefully um i'm not defaming anyone and i'm just gonna see what what if i can help spread the word and like i said kind of dumb luck it just snowballed from there and here we are now on the tales of this new york times documentary yeah. um, yes. everybody's talking about Brittany it's crazy. freeing her Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So great. Oh my gosh. Uh, the fact that Brittany's attorney um, filed that request to open her future court hearings and keep the court records open. 
Um, there's just all these different suggestions, like you were saying, that Britney herself supports the Free Britney movement. Um, even I think there was something in the documentary, I have a note here, um, that says, let's see, that um, Britney's attorney was quoted as saying that Britney welcomes and appreciates the informed support of her many fans, like you said. Um, I mean, it must feel amazing to you just to feel like, oh my God, Britney herself is even in some sense acknowledging this movement, acknowledging us, um, the work we've put in for her. I mean, that must feel incredible. Oh yeah, that that was an emotional day. Uh, they, they stuck a little clip in the documentary of the moment, the day that we got the document that said that she welcomed the support. And we were all on cloud nine, people were oh, crying. Yeah. It was oh. just like, because of so many years of just kind of going with your gut to hear yes, that was like, oh, we were right. She does yep. want us to help her, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, oh, and absolutely. It so validating, especially after all that, like not being quite sure, and you know, and doubting after yourself. Jamie Spears came out, called the movement a joke. You know, we're conspiracy theorists, and every time you're like, oh, people yeah. are yeah. just this is not helping this movement. And then you know, a month later, we get this document. It's like, all right, you know, and that, then that the is, document it said, yeah. unlike what Jamie Spears said, this is not a joke. <laughs> this is not a conspiracy theory. There so, we go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I go back to that document a lot. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. Straight from her. How can you not? I mean, after all the work you put into, like you're saying, it's got to be such a payoff. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, this is exactly, aside from ending the conservatorship, what you're working for. Exactly. Which is really, really cool. Yep. Um, do you feel, I mean, I know that you have the utmost appreciation for the director of the documentary and just how the documentary was put together and the questions that you were asked and all of that. Um, but now that it's been released, if, if I were you, I'd have watched that thing like 10 times already. <laughs> um, but now that it's out there and now that you are able to watch it, do you feel like it's a fair portrayal and a complete portrayal of what the Free Britney movement stands for? Like, is anything left out? Was anything inaccurate or just like not quite cast right? Right. Or um, missed, you know? I do think it obviously was not a complete picture just because yeah. of yeah. Uh, time constraints and sure. how do you cover 13 years of craziness in, in yeah. a 72, 75 Seriously. minute doc, you know, um, that being said, I think it was very fair. I, and that was my biggest concern. I didn't need it to come out and be like, Brittany needs to be free. Like right. screw the other side. I didn't need them to be so like blatantly pro Brittany. Mm-hmm. but I wanted them to be fair to her. And I think yeah, yeah. it took a different um, approach than what I had initially expected as far as showing how she was portrayed in the media. Like, I mm-hmm. think that was such an important thing to focus on yeah. to get the general public on board. Now, it didn't go very deep into how much of a problem conservatorship abuse is on a wider scale, That's bigger a, than yeah. Britney. Good point. That's a great point. Um, and I... I <sighs> it's a lot for people to take in. And I do wonder if they had gone too deep, would it have gone over people's heads? Um, we're buzzing right now. And I, I'm of the belief that any press is good press, I guess, and keeping the word out there. So yeah. all of these people, media companies and ex-boyfriends and whatever, <laughs> apologizing and things. That's not really, that wasn't the goal of the documentary. Those right. apologies aren't going to change anything, but it is keeping people talking about her, which I think is important. Um, so all in all, yeah, I think I am slightly biased with the documentary because I participated and I I did 
I really respect the crew. But that being said, um, I think it did a really good job. I think it did what we needed. It was a great first step. And I wish they could have gotten into the nitty gritty. I mean, they know, you know, we, they interviewed so many of us for so many hours. Like they know all the, the dirt, you know, did they want to talk about Lou Taylor? Yes, of course. Right. <laughs> but they have gone down that rabbit hole with the general public who kind of forgot about Britney Spears and like, didn't even know she was still in a conservatorship. Like you got to spoon feed it to these people. Absolutely. You know, the, the public is not just going to have the interest if you don't sensationalize it slightly. And I think that it was done in a fair way that didn't, um, it wasn't like any piece we've seen on Britney. I think it was one of the most fair representations of her that we've ever seen. Yeah. yeah, I think you're totally right. And I think it's true too, like with the whole interest of ending conservatorship abuse in general, I mean, it makes so much sense to have Britney Spears, even if she's an unknowing spokesperson, still be the spokesperson for ending this type of abuse. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's so out there. I don't think anybody knew what a conservatorship what I was. was yeah. Before, would not have been yeah, in the common language. Right? Like, and know? now it's part of everyday jargon for lay people like us. And um, that's just even so great because maybe people who are entering into potential conservatorship um, arrangements with different family members or um, friends, acquaintances, whatever, will just at least have a different framework for thinking about these issues. Um, and maybe that'll do some good. Who knows? Yeah. But at least it starts the conversation. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yep. I agree. We've got a lot of work to do, but... Um, this was definitely the right first step, in my opinion. And we needed a media piece like this to get people interested. And now I, I hope that the next documentary, there are several in the works. Um, I hope that they're digging and that they're going to yeah. go there. You know, I hope that this provided the inspiration to keep people um, looking into this. And I know even the New York Times, they still are, they're like still following it because once you're in it, I mean, their documentary was great and they kind of tied it up and wrapped it up at the end, but there's, it's a cliffhanger because we don't it know what's is. coming next, exactly. you know? So everyone is invested in this. And, um, I do believe that the truth is going to come to light and yeah. all of yeah. it's dirty. Like it's, it's going to be messy, but That's it's going to be happen. a shocking day. Yeah. When that yeah. comes out. Well, so speaking of kind of where things are going and, um, you know, where they are now, I believe the most recent hearing was like a week after the documentary um, yes. came out. And so wanted to kind of pick your brain because you're obviously on the front lines there and in the know of kind of where things are currently and where they're going, if you have any idea. Oh, I wish Is I it knew. more delay and delay <laughs> and delay is kind yeah. of what it sounds like? Yeah, it's the hearing. I think there, for me, I felt this sense of hopefulness because it was on right after the documentary yeah. and everyone's buzzing. It's like, maybe something big will happen. Yeah. Even though right. past experience tells us that's nothing big. Otherwise, yeah, sure. So um, I was frustrated at that hearing because it was very much, you know, Jamie's side had filed objections, Brittany's mm -hmm. side responded to the objections, and then they came to court and basically reiterated everything they had already filed. So it's, <sighs> you know, what, which is common, I, I guess. And yeah. I mean, I don't. I am not a lawyer. I don't, my first time in a courtroom was actually for Britney's case. You know, we just wait every day. Like, are we going to get a new court document today to, you know, to file through the, that's the excitement. The documents are more exciting than sitting in the, in yeah. the hearings, you know, totally. I, bet. I bet. So yeah, it was kind of a waste. It was just, you know, reiterating that this Bessemer trust company, this bank is splitting 
the co their co-conservator of Britney's estate with her dad. So right. we already knew that back in November that was ruled on. So I don't know why we are still talking about it, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> so now we have <laughs> another hearing coming up in a couple of weeks on March 17th. And that one is focused on accounting. So mm -hmm. there's potential for it to be. Yeah, that could be a very, yeah, um, that could be very lucrative yeah. if it actually yeah. goes there. Yeah. Right. And, and yeah. that's the thing is like, will it go there? It needs yeah. to go there. You know, we right. can't just be another hearing where, you know, the judge says, well, why don't you guys meet and confer and we'll come back? Like right. we've tried that. They're not going to agree on these things. Like yeah. let's sure. Yeah. We need to make a ruling. I mean, the money's not adding up. So there's questions there. Like let's do an, a forensic audit of this entire thing. Mm -hmm. And then that I believe is the smoking gun. If you do, yeah. if you look into the money of this whole thing, oh, that's so true. it's over, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yep. Oh my gosh. So I guess as it stands, Jamie and Bessemer Trust are co-conservators. And mm -hmm. just to make it obvious for the people in the back, we know the answer, you know the answer, but why would Jamie object to Bessemer Trust as kind of a trusted, haha, pun intended, um, business serving as a co-conservator with him? I mean, why would he not want them to be on his side, on his team as a co-conservator. Uh, going right along with that, uh, why doesn't he respect his daughter's wishes? Because mm -hmm. we know that Brittany wants him to step down. So he already is saying, well, I'm not going to do that. Right. And then Brittany's like, okay, well, if you don't step down, I at least want this bank to split the responsibility. And he does, you know, he's going to fight that. So I, I can't answer that. I don't know. I think this man is drunk on power. And I think he has this really antiquated, um, Southern kind of viewpoint, view system, value system of, you know, he's the father and he's the patriarch and Brittany's the daughter, the bad little girl, and he's going to, you know, babysit her for the rest of her life and, and live off of her money. I mean, I don't, yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to speak out of turn. I don't want to make accusations of, of, of anything, but it doesn't look good. Mr. Yeah. Spears, you know, yeah. <laughs> so if you genuinely care about your daughter, I mean, even his ex-wife Lynn, and they're still, um, you know, amicable, they're, they're friendly. She said that I just want Jamie to step down and just be a parent be, like me, like be here for Brittany, your daughter, right? The money doesn't matter. I, I would go out on a limb and say, if Brittany Spears right now had the option to walk away with $0 with the clothes on her back and her kids, she would do it. She does not care about the money. So just let her go. I mean, yeah. how much money have they made off of this arrangement? Oh, sure. Amount, you know? And how much could she even go through? And frankly, I mean, before this conservatorship was even a thing, I think Brittany had already bought her mom a mansion. So I'm sure if she had she full control. Yeah, if she had full control of her finances, yeah. there's no reason to think that she wouldn't choose to give them an allowance or a big pile of money anyway uh, and so. it's just sad and crazy that it clearly comes down to the money too. yeah you know that's that's the sad part yeah that she really gets lost in the whole Mix. the whole of it and it's, yeah you know we all know money the love of money leads to i think almost every conflict in, in existence it's, it's money's always at the root of it but to see a, a a man who's being touted as this like loving father who saved her and is taking care of her to see him seem to care more about the money than his own daughter is it's even hard. It's worse. Yeah. It's like, the, yeah. it's, it's not just some con artist. It's his, it's her dad. Right. And, yeah. You know? 
Yeah, it's your family, the people that are supposed to have your back no matter what, whether you have money or not. Like, And especially, I mean, it really makes you feel for Brittany herself because she obviously has been the victim of people just taking advantage of her yeah. at a lot mm-hmm. of different turns. I mean, you had um, Sam Lutfi or whatever come along, and he's mm-hmm. sort of a con man, slippery type. <laughs> um, and like you said, I mean, to expect that from your own dad – that's just like an extra level of taking advantage mm-hmm. and pushing aside the relationship that you're supposed to have. I mean, exactly. it's just, yeah, deeply saddening. It, with the, the Sam Luffy of it all, too, I think I feel for Brittany on so many levels. But with that specifically, it was the conservatorship was going to come in and save her from Sam Luffy and protect her from all of these accusations they made against him. But it, at this point in time, it looks like the conservatorship actually is doing the exact same thing they accused Luffy of doing back yeah. then right. yeah. to her. So yep. I, it's like, she, it's happening twice, you know? And, and I think there's a lot more to unpack with the Luffy side of it all. Like we don't even know how deep that goes because the things they accuse that man of, he should have faced criminal charges. He should, you know, like it, it's, it's some big stuff, but instead they just keep slapping him with restraining orders. Yeah. So yeah. I think that there's a reason that they, they want to silence him and yeah. that he hasn't spent time in jail. Right, right. Uh, So I'll just, you know, again, I don't want to speculate too much, but when the the dirty truth does come out, there's a lot more to the Sam Lucky story. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And I'm sure we're all going to be keeping our eyes peeled for that too. Because even just them touching on it in the documentary, I was really intrigued by that. And I'm sure you could make a whole documentary on just (laughs) that dynamic and who else he, um, you know, I don't want to say conned, but who else he kind of dealt with and came into contact mm-hmm. with and what his different dealings were, you know, throughout his life. Yeah. Cause yeah. they definitely touched on it. Yeah, definitely. So I guess just a couple more kind of wrap up questions here. Sure. So first of all, and this one may be obvious, but you know, <laughs> um, what is in your opinion, what would you like to see or what do you think the best outcome of the free Britney movement would be? And then, kind of the flip side of that what do you think or what do you kind of see actually being a yeah. potential possibility you know well I think as a movement we say that we've kind of got like these three main goals and the first mm-hmm. one is to get Brittany out of this conservatorship and the conservatorship in its entirety beyond that raise awareness about conservatorship abuse in general and eventually help affect change like change these laws reform the probate court system so that this doesn't happen to future, you know, in, in future situations. So those are kind of the, the big, the, the main goal is end the conservatorship. Yeah. Yeah. That being said, and I do firmly believe we will end it. It's, mm-hmm. I'm not going to stop till this is done, yeah. mean, until she's free. So I don't care if I'm fighting to my last breath for Brittany, I will do it. So that will happen eventually. Do I think it's going to happen March 17th or anytime right. soon? No, like I'm not, right. you know we have to be realistic and i do hope that the current media pressure and and everyone talking about it kind of lights a fire under some people and maybe speeds things along yep yeah um so i don't i don't have a time frame on it but i i think it's likely that things are going to happen this year um Mm -hmm. whether that's just a petition to remove jamie or a petition to dissolve the personal conservatorship at least you know the money it's they're going to fight to the you know to the oh death for the money sure yeah. but just let her have her 
day-to-day freedom of right let her go get her coffee without exactly you know and vote i mean i don't know if her voting rights have been affected by this but yeah that's a controversial thing yeah let her have her kids back you know she she doesn't have custody she does get to see them but as a conservative she can't have custody of these kids because she's technically not really like an adult herself as a conservative right so that's i i really hope that that's coming sooner than later because yeah. i understand why everyone's fighting about the money and that's not going to go away anytime soon right. but if we consider at the end of the day this is a 39 year old woman she's like any of us britney jean not britney spears like little britney from kentwood louisiana this woman is living this day to day and as frustrating as it is for us in this movement like why isn't it going faster i can't even imagine how she feels oh my god yeah right you know so like let's just at least get her out of the personal conservatorship right and then fight the estate for however many years to come and, and like i said i think britney would walk away from the money if yeah. it came down to it because it's that's not what life's about absolutely yeah. it's not worth it it's just yeah it's not worth your personhood and your mm-hmm. I, I just i can't imagine being in that position it just no. yeah it's crazy yeah. so final question and you kind of touched on this in the beginning of this interview um, obviously, we're across the country from each other. You're in LA, you're able to be there and be boots on the ground. But what about somebody like us, somebody who's either across the country or across the world? Are there other steps that you have or you recommend that individuals like us could take to support the free Britney movement? Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you can't attend a rally, do it. And it, you don't have to be in LA. I mean, we've got international rallies happening. There was a rally in Paris. We have one in Argentina. People are out there fighting for this cause, Barcelona, all over. Wow, um, that's awesome. So feel free. I mean, it's one person with a sign. That's a rally. Right. Go down to yeah, your city hall. Right. And just, that's, you know, I mean, that's, yeah. So it's, a, it's again, just spreading the word, but maybe in a, to a different crowd that you wouldn't normally see because you're, you know, it's not just social media. Now you're out in right. public and people are walking by and think, what, what's that about? Um, so that's helpful. Uh, we have kind of a list of things you can take a look at on the website, freebritney.army, um, take action page. So there are, we want to write to the attorney general, um, different politicians, keep the pressure on your local probate court system, uh, maybe attend a, a local city hall meeting and see, um, look into, you know, because this broken system in LA, it exists in a lot of places. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. There's specifically in Las Vegas, there's a documentary that I recommend anyone who's interested in the conservatorship abuse, and we really all should be interested because this yeah. is like a public it's a scary crisis. It's thing. Yeah. It happened to um, anybody in a sense. Exactly. And, yeah. and there's a documentary called The Guardians by Billy Mintz. It, I think it's on Amazon. Um, look it up. It is. It hits the nail on the head. You watch it happening in Las Vegas to these elderly people, but it's it follows that formula. The same way Brittany was trapped in this arrangement, it happens to people everywhere. So um, see what's going on locally. If you can raise your voice and, you know, if we get enough places buzzing about this, yeah, it, yeah. it's, it's a nationwide problem. So don't yeah, feel absolutely. disconnected just cause you're not in LA. Um, and, and even if you're not in the U S I mean, you could still send postcards to the attorney general. Yep. You can still badge, you know, badger them with emails every day, call them, you know, they're going to get annoyed of us eventually. And then they're going to have to, <laughs> yeah. have to numbers listen. Numbers are numbers, whether you're in <laughs> exactly. LA or across true. the world. Sign petitions. Yeah. If you see a change.org petition, that's like, you know, let's get Brittany out of this. I mean, we don't, who knows if these are going to lead anywhere, but just 
every little bit helps. And to Absolutely. see that we get, you know, hundreds of thousands of signatures on a, on a petition. And this was before the documentary. Mm-hmm. So, right. you know, there's a lot of people out there paying attention and just, I, I urge people not to ever underestimate their power yeah. as one person, you know, if one person stands up for what they believe in, you know, others are going to join you. And it's not always easy, but right now we've got that momentum. And if you want to get involved, just dive in. It's kind of scary, but it, you got to fight for what you believe in. And, and there's a big network here of people who are willing to help. Um, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. If you want to email, we've got a, a site, um, an email address right on the site, info at freebrittany.army. You know, let's talk it out. If you want to know more, it, it's, we want to teach people to how to spread the word more wherever they are located throughout the world. And we want to be approachable about it. So don't hesitate to reach out. I want to, I mean, I could talk for days. We can, we can vouch. You're very approachable. Yeah. You're delightful. <laughs> you're great to talk Thank to. You. So. But also just know if you ask a question, I'm probably going to talk to you for like several hours about it. So <laughs> great. Hey, um, oh my don't ask unless you really want to get into it. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Betsy Boss Podcast. If you'd like to find us online, we're on Facebook at Betsy Boss Podcast, on Instagram at Betsy Boss Podcast, on Twitter at Betsy Boss Pod, and our email is BetsyBossPodcast at gmail.com. Also, Betsy Boss is now on both iTunes and Spotify. If you like what you hear, please rate, subscribe, and comment. Thanks again for listening. 